The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank you all for listening with us today. We're very glad that you're listening. We are have, as usual, a wonderful guest. My guest today is David Ross, and our topic is Seeing from the Soul. And David is a singer-songwriter, and his songs have long uh, been a part of my own recovery process because he helps me open up my mind and heart and my eyes to a wonderful reality that uh, feeds me with a lot of compassion and love. So I know that you're going to be delighted as well to hear what David has to share with us and hear some of his music. And uh, whether or not you've uh, been a fan of David's before, I know that you will be after this because he sure has a rich consciousness to share with us. And I want to thank you all for letting your friends and the people in your recovery and your unity community know about Spirit of Recovery. And we want you to know that you can find us on Facebook at Spirit of Recovery. We love to hear from you, post on our wall. Also, you can go to unity.fm to program Spirit of Recovery and hear our year's worth of archives anytime. We've got lots of great programs, lots of great guests. Also, you can listen live to Spirit of Recovery and other Unity FM programs on your mobile listening device. Every day we talk about topics that are important to the recovery community, and we have guests who are down-to-earth, knowledgeable, and innovative people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people or who feed the recovery, uh, give us that idea about what it means to live fully and to live with authenticity. We bring you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, and if you're a person in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member in your own recovery as a family member, or a family member or friend of somebody with the disease of addiction, or you're simply curious or interested about the recovery process, we're glad to have you, and you're welcome to join in uh, to our discussions, and we'd love to have you participate on the phone or by emailing us. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity Minister and an Addictions Counselor. Also, I'm a person who has, in my circle of love and friendship, many people with the disease of addiction, And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And my walk is an integration of unity principles and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing in ever deeper ways. I am delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas about spirituality and recovery and authentic living with you every week. You can call us during the second and third segments of our program at 888-558-6489. That number is 888-55-UNITY. Or you can email us anytime during the program at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm, and we welcome your comments and questions. Today, our topic is Seeing from the Soul, and my guest is David Ross. David is a singer and songwriter. Um, He strikes many chords. He touches our hearts and our minds with his unique songs. 
David has uh, really followed his soul and allowed himself to be that beautiful artist that he is. He gets us to think about life. His songs are certainly entertaining, but they're a lot more than that. They are songs that help us to see from the soul and help us to understand what authentic living is about. He's even he's had his songs show up in many places in Carnegie Carnegie Hall, the United Nations, Chicken Soup for the Soul books, the Kennedy Center, Peter Paul and Mary concerts, and they have even been in space. Uh, one of his songs went up on the space shuttle on its 2009 mission to repair the Hubble telescope. So he is definitely a universal man. So David, <laughs> welcome. The spirit of recovery. Thank you, Anna. Uh, finally, I can say that. Uh, uh, one of my songs actually went up uh, where my father, may he rest in peace, thought they all belonged in outer space. You know? Oh, yeah, we we understand that. <laughs> thanks, yeah. for, thanks for saying that. Yeah. Sure, well, he was hoping you, for something a little have... bit different from his only son, you know, like maybe uh, you know, a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant or a dentist. And when I uh, started thumbing through my Bob Dylan songbooks, uh, we kind of took different paths in our lives. And, uh, you know, he... Uh, uh, didn't encourage me as much as uh, one might hope, but uh, that helped me push harder to uh, find my path. You know, as they say, cream swims to the top. So I just had to stroke harder. That's right. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, a lot of people in the recovery community and I and, and universally, I think, sometimes uh, we have had that opportunity to define ourselves uh, in relationship to our parents. Sometimes we haven't always uh, perhaps experienced that the path that made sense to us made sense to those people that we grew up with. So, And I know that you've uh, written about that, that there, you do have signs that have to do with that process and what it's like to have to be you, even when it wasn't exactly maybe what your parents had hoped. It wasn't even close. Uh, and I've talked about this a lot in my concerts uh, and at conferences over the years, you know, about how my father was a Russian Jewish immigrant and he had hoped that I would do anything but what I ended up doing, you know, right on, right to his deathbed, you know, in the hospice unit. He, he said, you know, with barely a few days left to live, he said, if you still want to go to law school, I'll pay for it. Well, and so, you know, I did the only thing I knew how to do. Well, you know, I sang to him, you know, the last few nights when he was there, I kind of sang to him towards the end of the day when he was drifting off to sleep. And because uh, I wanted him to know wherever he was going or wherever I was going or wherever any of us go, that uh, this is really what I love to do. And this is what makes my molecules vibrate. You know, this, this thing called music that he just didn't see any uh, credibility attached to, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what, um, tell us a little bit about your love for music and how you knew so early on. How is it that your soul has been speaking to you all, all these years, David, and letting you know that music's what feeds you? Well, you know, I think uh, my life took a big turn and a really good one when I walked into uh, the chorus room in third grade. You know, they were having choral singing, and uh, we all got shuffled in there, and without going into long stories, you know, about my family life, you know, it was pretty crazy around our house. You know, my parents had their distractions. I have one older sister named Deborah who's doing great work in the world. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of, I, I never really knew what to expect when I walked through the front door of our house when I came home from school and not knowing what to expect uh, for a shy person as I was, was really quite terrifying. I didn't know I would find on the other side of the door whenever I came home from school whether everybody would be happy and singing going on with the business or whether, you know, uh, my parents had incapacitated themselves in some way. And, uh, and so uh, when I walked into the chorus room in third grade and people were singing together, like I connected and it felt like a safe place. It felt like a, a lifeline to sanity, if you would, you know, and choral singing, you know, became my thing all the way through high school and even a little bit of college. Love soprano, alto, tenor, bass, and uh, one place where I didn't have to uh, be that frightened little kid, you know, who, you know, was, who hid in his room most of his childhood where I could just sing with everybody else and we didn't have to go into our stories, you know. We sang the same songs together. And at the time, I felt like I was like the only kid who had that kind of background. But uh, if you or any of your listeners have done any 12-step work, and I've, I've done some, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that you just, I discovered later on that, wow, there's a lot more people like me out there than I ever imagined when I had previously thought I was all alone in this. So for all I knew, half the other kids, you know, in, in, the, in those elementary school classrooms were going through similar kinds of things. But at the time, I felt like I was the only one, and it was my big secret. So as a result, you know, I just, I just flourished in choral singing, and uh, we were all singing the same songs without dragging our stories along, if that makes any sense. Right. T- you know, David, just from listening to your music for all these years, I, and it has helped me in my own walk and my challenges in my life. Uh, it really has. You've, your songs have touched my heart and helped me uh, get through things that were difficult for me. And one thing I'm struck about is what you just said, that uh, part of the growth process or spiritual growth or recovery process is learning to find the, the uplift, find who we are, and, and know the story but not drag the story along. So how do you do that? How do you not drag the story? Well, at some point it becomes too heavy, you know, and you only have so much strength to carry stuff around. And I, I can say that for me, uh, I hit a wall when I turned 30. I had moved to New York about three years previously uh, to pursue a relationship. And to uh, 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 then I started doing music with my guitar and writing songs. I fell into these wonderful songwriting groups down in Greenwich Village with all the folk song singers singer-songwriters of that, that time in the 80s. And again, I found my people, you know, a lot of people from all walks of life, but all with one common thing. And, and it, the only difference from childhood is that we were bringing our stories into our, the music that we were writing. And I coupled this with some, uh, you know, I was going to some adult children of alcoholics meetings and doing some uh, week-long workshops and that sort of thing, taking them, you know, not leading them. Uh, and... The interesting thing I discovered from my songwriting was that prior to doing some of that recovery work, uh, I had a pretty big investment about what other people thought of what I was doing, you know, in the world, especially musically. I, I, I was trying to create music I thought would, that other people would like and that would please them. But with a little bit of uh, the 12-step stuff under my belt, and uh, as soon as I started hitting it harder and heavier, I realized that letting go of this what they call people-pleasing component was really useful. So I started writing songs that were more personal, figuring I don't really care, you know, if anybody relates to these enough, this is what I actually want to express from a more authentic place, you know, and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And what I discovered was that more people were coming up to me after I started singing these deeply personal songs saying, wow, it was just like you were writing about my life or how did you know? So what I discovered was that the deeply personal can be universal at the same time. And I think that's one of the pieces that fell together for me that helped me get enough people interested in my music over the years to the point where I haven't had any job except music for the last 24 years. That's great. Yeah. Your your song, Will You Come Home, that you wrote in 1984, speaks to all this. Could you tell us a little bit about it and then we'll hear a clip from it? Sure, sure. That was, uh, you know, that was probably the first deeply personal song I wrote. I uh, went to a, uh, a residential week, week-long workshop for adult children of alcoholics, and uh, I uh, immersed myself. And one of the things that they asked me to do, even knowing that I was sort of a songwriter, I don't consider myself one now looking back at that time, but I thought I was, was someone said, hey, write a song to yourself, you know, for a change. Because I hadn't really written any. I'd been writing, you know, to other other things. And, uh, you know, uh, about five or six days into that week-long program, uh, that song, I just heard the whole thing in my head on the piano, and I had a big emotional breakthrough, and I got to release a lot of emotions that had been building up for a long time around this idea that, uh, you know, taking care of myself was more important than trying to take care of anybody else. So that was a real turning point for me in this very, very old song of mine, but I remember the first time I sang it, you know. I'll never forget it, Uh, and it was uh, a a big turning point for me. Great. Well, let's hear it. Will You Come Home by David Roth, 1984. I know where you live, but you've never been home. Everyone in your house has been living alone. I 
Something is wrong and you know it's not fair But it's easier to hide than to show that you care But will you come home? Will you come home? Will you come home to your heart? You've kept away from yourself from the start But you can come home now Come home to your heart When you work hard all day How you strain to stand tall Trying to make someone love you Better yet, make them all But the doors have been closed All your secrets concealed And you're living your life So they're never revealed But will you come home? Will you come home? Will you come home to your heart? You've kept away from yourself from the start But you can come home baggage behind You've done more than your part Before you fill all your loved ones You must fill your own heart Don't look to others for directions or deeds You're the very first love that your heart ever needs So will you come home Will you come Thank you, David. That's uh, beautiful. And uh, that really is what the spiritual journey, the recovery walk is, is about. It's about coming home to your heart. It's about finding out who you are. That's great. Maybe then, then I guess we're done for the day. I guess so. That's all there is, huh? <laughs> there you else? go. Okay. You know, <laughs> short and sweet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a process, isn't it? You know, yeah, uh, sometimes it, it's it is so that when you're uh, when you are putting that creative input out, that it's it's almost it is like yourself gets revealed, even if you don't know it's getting revealed. Do you ever feel like you, after you write a sign, you think, "Whoops, I didn't mean to show that much of myself. I didn't know I was putting that in there." Well, sure, you know, and one of the things in the song that's beautiful about the songwriting process is that it will sometimes take you where you didn't expect to go. There are unexpected twists and turns, and that's the beauty of it. So. Rather than forcing uh, my agenda on a song saying this has to be about this, sometimes it will surprise you. You know, and if you are not that attached to your agenda, it may take you on a detour that that turns out even better than uh, anything you could have planned. That's perfect. We're going to uh, take a break right now. David, thank you so much. We'll be right back, and we'll start off with the Serenity Minute, and then we'll be back talking with my guest, David Roth, about seeing from the soul. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. 
Working at Unity Village is more than just a good job. It's good work. We're a not-for-profit organization that helps people around the globe live more abundant and meaningful lives. Our work environment is unique in keeping with the heritage of Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, visionary founders of the Unity Movement. At the same time, Unity is a 21st century workplace. Job seekers will find plenty of challenges in a wide range of specialties, from information technology to culinary arts, communications to publishing, prayer ministry to retreats and more. Employees are eligible for a variety of perks and benefits, including a campus setting with year-round activities and a four-day work week in many departments. To see what employment opportunities await you, visit us at unityjobs.org and apply today. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. I'm really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, my topic is Seeing from the Soul, and my guest is singer and songwriter David Roth. And David has followed his soul and has uh, honored his music, the music that pours out of his heart. And he has uh, been working at music for many years and giving lots of blessings to people as he helps us to see life as it is, but always with compassion and with joy. He is a singer who brings a lot of opportunity for us to learn what it is to live authentically. So we're glad that uh, David's with us today, and he's sharing with us his experiences and his music. But before David and I continue our conversation, join me as we take just a moment to center ourselves in peace of mind in the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to take a breath, to relax, and with me focus on this constructive thought. I see life through the eyes of my soul, and I live with freedom. I see life through the eyes of my soul, and I live with freedom. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I hope that it was a moment to allow you to relax and feel that presence and that power that is spirit within you, your higher power. And So now we're back with my guest, David Roth, and we're talking about seeing from the soul. This is a great time to give us a call at 888-558-6489. That number is 888-55-UNITY. Or you can email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. And if you have a comment or a question for David, we'd be uh, delighted to hear from you. So, uh, David, I know that a big part of uh, spiritual growth process and recovery um, has to do with ego. And we've all got one. And it helps us out sometimes, but sometimes it gets us in the way. gets in the way of us. What's your experience with ego? Oh, I got one. No question about it, you know. So uh, I think something's helped me through that is a sense of humor about it, you know. So not to take myself too seriously. I do, I do believe there's there's two kinds of humor in the world, the kind where you make fun of other people and the kind where you make fun of yourself, you know. So I lean towards the latter. And, uh, you know, I think it's good to have not take yourself so seriously sometimes. And there's a time and a place for seriousness. But a little levity, especially in this world, you know, uh, comes in handy. What can I tell you? That's right. Yeah, it helps keep everything in perspective. You wrote a song about the ego, about uh, getting uh, called Ego Trip. It's uh, Tell us how you came to write that one. Well, you know, I've been living on the East Coast since 2000. Uh, my wife and I were living in Seattle during the 1990s, moved back east. And I've always kind of liked a good country western song, so I dabbled in trying to write write a few. So uh, this is one of in a series I've written of what I call country eastern songs. And uh, that's pretty much all I need to say about it. It's, I hope that it speaks for itself. Okay, let's hear it.
Another day, another ball Straight out of bed And off I go My very favorite travel show I pop the bag, it's full of stuff I never quite unload enough But I'll make room, I'll get a grip I'm packing for my ego trip I'm packing for my ego trip I got a lifetime membership I'm well rehearsed and well equipped I'm packing for my ego trip I'll start with pride and self-esteem Eternal youth and fading jeans I always stuff some extra socks Right underneath my writer's blocks My shaving kit is six feet tall It holds the mirror on the wall Reflecting me, myself and I My three most favorite passers-by Cause I'm packing for my ego trip I got a lifetime membership I'm well rehearsed and well equipped I'm packing for my ego trip Today I'll start by ending world hunger Take a break from lunch and win Olympic gold Just before my nap at three Sell a couple of million CDs My wing at the Smithsonian Is something to behold Sometimes I walk, sometimes I drive Sometimes I crawl, sometimes I fly My travel agent loves me Cause I'm tripping every minute when I'm not in my right mind My left one's overflowing And then I know I've gone way past my psyche's legal baggage limit When I'm packing for my ego trip I got a lifetime membership I'm well rehearsed and well equipped I'm packing for my ego trip He's packing for his ego trip I got a, He's got a lifetime membership I write the songs that make the whole world sing And you thought Elvis Presley was the king All right. Well, we have dutifully with our and with humor put our ego in its proper place. And that's Woo-hoo. good. So thank you. Thanks, David. That's cute. Thanks it for doing that. It just doesn't stay there. That's the only problem. It gets put in its place and then it comes back out again. What can I say? Yeah, really. Yeah. So I know that uh, one thing that I thought about thought of when I was first got into my recovery as a family member was I thought, Oh great, now my life's gonna be perfect. I will never have anything else to deal with. Is that true? How have you found that to be? Uh, <laughs> so we're continuing with the, the humor aspect of this interview, I see. No, yeah. no, it seems like the more things I uncover, you know, the more things uh, pop up. But it's all a process, you know, not a destination. So bring it on, you know. It's interesting to be on your show today, for example. I uh, I tore a tendon in my left Achilles a couple weeks ago. Um, and so now I'm on crutches uh, for the next six weeks or so while that heals. So there's physical recovery, spiritual recovery, you know, and everything else, you know, in between. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's like it's, I really what I finally keep learning is that what uh, the only thing that's different, which is huge, pre-recovery and post-recovery is that I have different tools to deal with my life. Yeah, well, today I got a little scooter. I have a, a, a very tangible tool. I got a little scooter uh, on Craigslist. Uh, that a woman who had some knee surgery four years ago bought for $500. And uh, I was hoping to find something that would take me off of crutches because, you know, they're quite a workout for your arms. And 
a friend of mine went on Craigslist and saw this scooter and, and uh, I went up and picked it up today in Boston and the woman was selling it for $50, you know, so I got this beautiful, practically brand new high-end knee scooter that I can now maneuver around uh, uh, for very little money and I figure I must have done a good deed somewhere to have this good deed come back to me, so... There's a tangible uh, tool that I can use to help me move around a little better in the world than I have in the last couple of weeks. Right. Yeah, that really makes a difference. That's that's pretty cool. So I yeah. know that you 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 write songs, David, about a lot of different things. That some of your songs are very directly personal, and others are about social issues. Like, um, tell us about that. What draws you into that larger world? Uh, that's an easy one. And, uh, you know, the very, uh, uh, the short version of the long answer is that I'm a folk singer and I came up through the folk tradition. You know, I was listening to my sister's Peter Paul Mary records first off in grade school. And those are the ones that got my attention in the middle of all the other records she had, which included Freddie and the Dreamers, Paul Revere and the Raiders, you know, uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers, Gary Lewis and the Playboys, Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs, Gene Pitney, Peter and Gordon, Chad and Jeremy. <gasps> Peter, Paul, Mary, those are the ones that got me, you know, and they were singing Bob Dylan songs and Gordon Lightfoot songs and John Denver songs and uh, Pete Seeger songs, you know, not a lot of people know, not everybody knows, of course, folk singers do, but Pete Seeger was a co-writer on If I Had a Hammer and Where Have All the Flowers Gone? And these are songs that I have loved and grew up learning how to play, so uh, that was my foundation for music and and singing and songwriting, and then, you know, getting into... uh, more new thought realms and spiritual realms. I was, I've been combining, you know, what I've learned there with uh, my folk music pedigree. And of course, you know, that there's a lot of social tradition and uh, political commentary that goes along with uh, the great folk singers who, you know, Pete Seeger was being blacklisted during the McCarthy era, you know, uh, and he stood up for himself and didn't, you know, give out anybody else's names. And, you know, there's something admirable. Joan Baez was amazing. She walked arm in arm with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and many of the civil rights marches. Uh, you know, these people literally walked the walk. And uh, the, those were the songs that I was really drawn to because they had some content, you know, uh, rather than just melody and a good beat. So that's where my sensibility comes in. And on any given one of my CDs, you'll find a few songs that will touch on things that are going on in the world as well as what's going on inside inside my skin and my heart and my soul. Mm-hmm. I love how you really do embody through your music that the personal is political in that sense or, or societal, I guess is a better way to say it. But, you know, that living, live, recovering or living a full life is about, it's not just about sitting in your room, you know, contemplating. It's about getting out there and doing something different. It's about having the opportunity to participate in life and, live those spiritual values. Yeah, you know, my sister Deborah, I mentioned, is a minister. She's a Unitarian Universalist minister, and that's a denomination that is very politically active. And, uh, you know, they go out and, you know, they walk the walk, too, and they go to rallies and do all sorts of things. I really very much admire her for that. And when I tell my sister, whom I love dearly, you know, that, oh, I'm going off to another New Thought Church or New Thought Music Conference, you know, um, you know, there might be a little rolling of the eyes because she, you know, really rolls up her sleeves and she sometimes thinks that uh, I turn into a navel gazer or some kind of, you know, mindless optimist all of a sudden because I'm going to these other places. But uh, I don't see it that way. And uh, I think just about everything a singer sings is political. It's making a statement about the politics of, you know, what's going on around you in the world. It's hard to divide that out from you know, whatever else is your human experience. So uh, I think it, 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 there are less, we're less able to divide and delineate, you know, how we categorize one another than we think. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a lot more carryover into how we're uh, more alike uh, with each other than, than we are different in spite of what they tell you in the, the media haze that's going on, you know, on the radio and on TV. Mm-hmm. You, know, you really talk about that in a lot of your songs. Go ahead. You know, you know uh, I, I heard Robert F. Kennedy give a great talk at, a, at the National Wellness Conference in Wisconsin a, a few short years ago about this media trance, how we're getting fed all this information. A lot of it is just kind of filler, and it distracts us from the bigger issues that are going on. You know, he was living in upstate New York at the time, and his three sons all have asthma. 
not from genetics, but as a result of pollution by corporations, you know, in the rivers and lakes of the area he was living in, you know. So, uh, you know, it's inescapable how uh, we can be distracted from what's really going on unless we're paying attention. So uh, in my music, I, I, uh, I hope I'm paying attention as much as possible to what's going on in the world. I don't get up on stage and pretend that I'm any kind of leader or anybody whose opinion should be valued any more than anybody else's, but I have a First Amendment that I have in my pocket, and you know I exercise my right to say what I'm thinking about and feeling about in the world without claiming to be an expert. And then hopefully you know, uh, a thought is stimulated and a dialogue is begun, and then things get interesting. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, it's I mean that's what it takes to really be be a person and live your to live your life. I had a guest on a uh, few weeks ago, several weeks ago, uh who was talking about the importance of not of finding your own voice and living that life and not just sort of living whatever you've inherited from generations without thought and or from what you're hearing around you. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. You know, uh, I, different metaphor. I heard a friend of mine a few years ago say he gave up smoking for the same reason that he started peer pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you know, there's a lot of inf- people in our you know, have a lot of influence on on how uh, we go on about our lives. And at the end of the day. You know, can you feel, can I feel good about what I've done, what I've said, you know, the actions I've taken in any given day? That's, those are the questions I want to answer. And uh, I'm hoping that more days than not, I'll have an answer saying, yeah, I did something that was meaningful today and, and uh, that helped make me feel stronger and maybe by association help somebody, make somebody else feel stronger too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's all about. A lot of your songs, are, or at least some part of them, are about knowing that we aren't so different as we thought, or as we think. So what are some of them that stand out for you, some of the thoughts in those songs where you are really talking about how, you know, we're not so different? Well, it seems so obvious, doesn't it, Anna? I mean, you know, it, it does seem obvious, but I guess uh, I guess I need reminders. If I'm still writing about this stuff, I wrote a song, you know, uh, in 2007 with 92 third graders, and the school board assigned me... Uh, gave me this assignment to go in and create a song about community. That was the only assignment they gave me. And uh, so I met with, you know, these 92 third graders over four periods, and we ended up in one day with a song called We Belong Together, the chorus of which is, We belong together, we'll be friends forever, will we fight? No, never. We belong together. And uh, it's it's quite a, a wonderful sing-along uh, from the perspective of the third grader who's not so layered over or armored over or fettered by, you know, what the world piles on us as we grow older, but just saying, Hey, you know, we have a lot more in common than we think. And like I said, it seems so obvious, but turn on the TV, turn on the radio. There are people polarizing, uh, uh, everywhere you look. So I guess we still do need these reminders and that's why, the folk music genre, which I have embraced and loved for so long, it is a small but mighty movement. You know, when the Beatles hit this country in the early 60s, up until that time, folk music was not just popular by itself, but it was the pop music of the day. You know, songs like Where Have All the Flowers Gone and If I Had a Hammer were number one songs in the country. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the, the, the Beatles hit, and so then folk music kind of uh, went to its own place. But to this day, gonna, and I'm a baby boomer. Have- Great, we're going to have to take a break. Time for a break. Sorry to cut you off. We'll be right back. Okay. 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 Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. 
All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link. You've been listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is Seeing from the Soul. And my guest is David Roth. He's a singer and songwriter who opens up our hearts, opens our minds, and helps us see life with clarity and with uh, maturity and invites us to live our lives very fully David has uh, had his own experiences uh, as a recovering family member, and he is somebody that is living his life creatively and also on the edge out there making a difference, participating in the world. So, David, thanks for all that you're sharing with us. On the personal Happy level, to be here, I know, yeah. good, glad you're here. We know that you, um, you have uh, really had some experiences uh, in your life and not that long ago with some illness, with cancer and that that's mm-hmm. been a part of your growth journey. Tell us a little bit about that in the song that you wrote uh, to reflect yeah, on that journey. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I'll make this brief because i like you to get some music in. Uh, just like FM radio, no more songs, less talk. But uh, I was having a routine physical with my doctor here on Cape Cod, and her husband was going through thyroid cancer at the time, and she said, you know, David, I'm just checking all my patients a little extra diligently these days. And I, Can I feel around your throat? And I said, absolutely. And she felt a little something in there, and... Long story short, you know, through the summer I uh, got a diagnosis of what they call papillary thyroid carcinoma, which is thyroid cancer. Very treatable, very doable, you know, but it's right next to the lymph system, so you want to get it out of there because it goes lymph, you know, that's big trouble. So me, the singer, you know, the, you know, vitamin-popping, tree-hugging, granola-munching, you know, baby boomer, all of a sudden I'm looking at a surgeon who says he's going to uh, take a knife to my throat of all places. So uh, my surgery was scheduled, of all dates, on the winter solstice of 2005, December 21st. And the thing that gave me courage was, uh, and I was nervous going in, I don't mind telling you, uh, was that when I Googled winter solstice, the date, uh, the first definition that came up on the uh, Internet was the day more light comes into the world. So from that moment on, I was able to hang my hat on something positive and say, hey, this, I'm going to make this a positive experience, and I'm going to, I'm going to get the most out of the surgery, the surgical procedure that I possibly can. And this is uh, what resulted in the song. Great. Let's hear it. Things that do not serve me. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous When the doctor said I'd need to have it out He said that it was coming not to worry But that's easier said than done without a doubt So I nodded while I sat there in denial And I pondered all the outcomes as he spoke I could batten down my hatches of resistance Or I could use this opportunity to grow 
From things that do not serve me Things that I don't need Things that I am done with And no longer choose to feed When I'm on the other side I'll know that letting go All the things I didn't need Will help me Getting home There were failures and frustrations That I swallowed Disappointments and distresses That I held But the thought of letting all that anger surface Didn't seem like it was worth the way it felt Now it feels like something deep inside my psyche Has erupted and imploded in my throat The construction crew is setting up the pylons Where the pavement's finally cracking from the load Of things that do not serve me Things that I don't need Things that I am done with And no longer choose to feed When I'm on the other side I'll know that letting go Of all the things I didn't need Will help me Getting home Did I make the perfect choices? Did I do the best I could? Does holding in contribute to my very highest good? I release the mighty octopus that smothers and defends And embrace the golden foamy sea that purifies and cleanses So they took that little object from my body They removed the thing that raised up all the flags But they also got a whole lot more than tissue Because I packed it full of other things I had Things that do not serve me Things that I don't need Things that I am done with And no longer choose to feed When I'm on the other side I'll know that letting go Of all the things I didn't need Will help me Getting David, thank you for writing that. It's really moving, and it sure talks about how to look at life both from that spiritual level and also when the stuff that happens to us is don't just sit around and gripe about it, but get something out of it, and you certainly did. And Thanks for sharing that. It means You're a very lot. welcome. I figured as long as I was going to have surgery, I might as well put a few more things in there. You know, why not? You know? That's right. Get rid of the load. That makes sense. Yep. Well, Thanksgiving's coming upon us, the season of gratitude. I know you believe that you've got a lot to be grateful for. Tell us about that, and, yeah. that, and you wrote a song well, about it, which we'll hear. Yeah, not just November for me. You know, every every foot, one step I put in front of the other, I'm grateful for. And uh, wrote this song, uh, this last song, um, probably 25 years ago. And I remember it was 1985, around Thanksgiving time. And I remember when I wrote it, I said, wow, this feels like a good song to end my concerts with, and I'm going to keep singing it at the end of my shows until I write something that feels better to sing at the end of one of my, my, my concerts. And I'm still singing it at the end of my shows these days, a quarter of a century later. So there. It's beautiful, and it's called May the Light, and we are ready to hear this beautiful song about gratitude. 
As we come around to take our places at the table, a moment to remember and reflect upon our wealth. Here's to loving friends and family. Here's to being able to gather here together in good company and health. May we be released from all those feelings that would harm us. May we have the will to give them up and get them gone. For heavy are the satchels full of anger and false promise. May we have the strength to put them down. May the light of love be shining deep within your spirit. May the torch of mercy clear the path and show the way. May the horn of plenty sound so everyone can hear it. May the light of love be with you every day. the best for everyone that we encounter. May we swallow pride and may we do away with fear. For it's only what we do not know that we have grown afraid of, and only what we do not choose to hear. May the light of love be shining deep within your spirit. May the torch of mercy clear the path and show the way. May the horn of plenty sound so everyone can hear it. May the light of love be with you every day. And as we bless our daily bread and drink our day's libations, may we be reminded of the lost and wayward soul, the hungry and the homeless that we have in every nation. May we fill each empty cup and bowl. May nothing ever come between or threaten to divide us. May we never take for granted all the gifts that we receive. Being ever mindful of the unseen hands that guide us and the miracles that cause us to believe. May the light of love be shining deep within your spirit. May the torch of mercy clear the path and show the way. May the horn of plenty sound so everyone can hear it. May the light of love be with you every day. May the horn of plenty sound so everyone can hear it. May the light of love be with you. May the light of love be with you. May the light of love be with you. Every day. Thank you again, David. We're delighted that you have blessed us. Uh, people can hear your music at davidrothmusic.com. And join us next week when my guest will be uh, Fred Holmquist, director of the Lodge Program at Hazelden. We'll be talking about relief or recovery, the 12 steps as a wisdom path. God bless you. Know that you're in my thoughts and prayers. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Ever have those days when you think life isn't all that you thought it could be? Well, it's our thinking that creates the canvas of our life's masterpiece. When we are ready and willing to step into a new way of thinking, our world literally begins to shift and grow into something bigger and brighter than we ever imagined. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on the Unity Online Radio Network. 
Be sure to join us every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern to hear in-depth conversations with leading teachers, authors, and musicians in the world of spirituality and new thought. Listen in and open up Spirituality Today, where life keeps getting better and better. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and to join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. There is nothing more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source, your spirit. In those moments, you are soaring, knowing that you can be, do, or have anything you want. But what do you do when real life hits you straight on? Let's get real. This is practical spirituality for a busy, bustling world. Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander. Looking for work is work, but it can also be extremely rewarding, and it doesn't have to be difficult. Judy Pilot invites you to tune into Help Wanted, making the most of your job search. For practical advice about how to look for work and create a consciousness of service and value that will help you put your best foot forward every step of the way. Get answers to your questions about resumes, cover letters, searching online, and prepping for interviews, and learn how to organize a successful search strategy. Join Judy every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central for Help Wanted, making the most of your job search. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.